Steam Mums. I'm Claire. And I'm Jen. We're two best friends with ADHD. And we both have kids. And we're here to share our experiences with you. We've both had our own diagnosis journeys involving a lot of research and self-education. And we'll continue this in our podcast, sharing what we find with you. We want to create a community and support network for people like us. We've all heard that saying about it taking a village to raise a child, but most of us don't have access to that. Me and Jen are single mums and we consider each other chosen family. We're AFAB people and we're biological mums, but all mums are welcome here. In fact, all parents, all people with ADHD, or just people interested in ADHD, actually, all humans are welcome. And not to be specious your pets can listen to trigger warning though we will be discussing sensitive issues and we'll be using bad language so the podcast won't be suitable for all listeners please just check the show notes for specific triggers before you listen as friends we're really honest and we share the highs and lows of parenting with our adhd brains we both have ever-changing family routines and challenges with neurodivergent kids and homes to run We struggle with executive dysfunction, clutter and chaos, overstimulation and mum guilt, but we also ride the hyperactive highs together. There's a lot of laughter and celebrating of even the tiniest wins. Lately, you might have noticed there's been quite a bit of ableist and stigmatising rhetoric in the media about people with ADHD. Well, we want to come out loud and proud about who we are and help end that stigma for us and for you. We're not faking, we're not lazy, we're not lesser. We're not going to suddenly become neurotypical by buying a planner, folding our clothes in a new way, or just trying harder. In each episode, we'll take a closer look at a different specific area of ADHD from our unique perspective as mums. And we're hoping that in turn, we can learn from you. We'll be asking you to share your stories, experiences and tips about any of the topics that we cover. Let's face it, if anyone has found any ADHD mum hacks, we all want to know about them. We aren't claiming to be experts, but we just speak from our own lived experience, beliefs and opinions. When we do state facts, you can rest assured we've researched them first and we are total nerds about finding the most reliable sources we can and we'll always credit them in our show notes. So here it is, our first episode. Finally! Woo! You're listening to us after many months of um, planning and recording. Because, um, and- of course, because we've got ADHD, we decided to make a podcast, didn't we? Very determined, but we didn't give any thought to the fact that we don't know how to make a podcast. We didn't have the tech to make a podcast. Yeah, we've got janky equipment and tech is just not our friend. So it's been it's been a real process, hasn't it? For it's people that been struggle with processing. And fun at the yeah. same time. Um, um and so our sound quality on this first episode is not our best. We've got a lot better, haven't we, as we've gone along? Touch wood, yeah, we think we have. So there's room noise, um, outside noise. There's some parts noise. that are so crackly and like, yeah. yeah, look, you've got all this to look forward to. But we're hoping, as we put it into a mastering tool now, that's going to sort that out. Yeah, you never know, they might be like, what are you on about? Sometimes Jen turns into a robot and I laugh really loud, like a <laughs> witch's cackle. And we say like a lot, it, that's a scouse thing that oh, we're yeah. working on. And I also have a form of echolalia that really makes my voice slow down and speed up <laughs> to match other people. And my accent changes as, as, as we go and you do a bit of that of as well, don't you? Yeah, like I've been accused of that all my life and didn't realise it was this thing. But yours, yours is quite quite like quite stand out even to me <laughs> i must say in editing other up- upcoming episodes i've been pretty wowed by your um, your repertoire yeah <laughs> so going into the episode anyway we talk we thought you best get to know us said yeah so we're yes. introducing ourselves we talk in this about our early childhood experiences and our school life um, we've got trigger warnings in the show notes about some of the things we talk yes, about. Yes, and it's a merry old list, isn't it? Very merry. So, yeah, yeah, check those trigger warnings if you're likely to be upset by 
anything that we may discuss. And then we went on the hunts for statistics and studies about mums with ADHD and we've got some of that in the second part of the episode. Yep. We've got our highs and lows, which we're oh, going yeah. to have as a weekly fun thing that we also want the listeners to take part in. And we want you to send them into our socials. We'll put the instructions on the show notes for that. Yes, and I'm wondering if you even heard that car pass by at loud volume or if the magic mastering meant that <laughs> I'm just talking about nothing right now. And there's my witch's cackle. Oh, yeah, it peaked. <laughs> um, so, yeah, welcome to our episode one. And please stick with us. Um, we're learning as we go. We've got loads more in store for you in future episodes that we're currently editing. And we're hoping things can only get better. Yes, our monthly theme is introduction, isn't it? This month, we're going to have monthly themes. So we're going to have two episodes of us blathering on and two episodes with great interviews coming up. Oh, yeah, We can't wait to share them with you. We've got... um, Claire, pessimistic parent, yeah, and we've Maya got Emma Llewellyn, who is, I've, I've probably said her name wrong, actually. Oh, that's right. Who is um, Mind Over Matter, Emma, and Emma Mental Health on the socials. You'll definitely know who she is, and she's gorgeous. They were both lovely, and we can't wait to share them with you. Yes. Highs and lows of the week. Um, so have we got some highs and lows for this week, Jenny? We've always got highs and lows. We have indeed. So tell me your starting. Tell me your low first. My low. Oh, so I don't know if you struggle with this. Probably. I <laughs> bet you do. <laughs> um, the kitchen bin. I've got one of those fairly tall metal it's got a pedal thing but Mm. because i obviously got it out the streets at some point in my life (laughs) the pedal doesn't work that well but it kind of lifts a bit it's like a geriatric pedal bit but i am i lift it up yeah and no that's not where i was going with that story (laughs) but anyway i overfill it yeah so i put the bin bag in I start to use the bin. I really enjoy when there's not much in it. And I think like, oh, yeah, it's lovely how you just put the rubbish in this gaping, vast hole for, like, the rubbish to disappear into. But within, like, a day, it's to the brim. Yeah. And I'm always in too much of a flow with something else to stop and change the bin bag until it's, like, rejecting rubbish. Yeah. And I push it down and push it down with other, with, like, a clean piece of rubbish like some sort of packaging I'll use that to like push it down so it's getting more and more so it gets compressed. more and more compressed and it also sometimes rip, sends little shreds into the bin bag you oh. know so anyway bin bag was well over full had to be done I was like just prepping for the school run and I was nearly ready the girls were just watching their last allotted bit of telly and <laughs> finishing their smoothies and I felt quite competent and like in me flow and I tied up the bin bag, took it out the bin, took it out to the front, opened the front door and just as I was like hauling the bin bag through the porch bit, it split right open uh. onto the porch and onto the front step. <gasps> We're a family household. Yeah. There was nappies. <laughs> there was sunny pads. Uh-huh. There was a lot of coffee grounds. Crusts of bread, yeah. rotten fruit and veg. Sounds delicious. It was absolutely awful. <laughs> the coffee grounds were the worst bit, if I'm honest, because everything else was kind of like, I don't know, you could you could pick it up. It wasn't yeah. pleasant. They're like but, a you nightmare know, when they get in your sink, aren't they? Coffee grounds. To wash down, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, and also I was I felt very observed because it was like school run time, so people yeah. were passing by my, my front. Oh, oh, honestly. You know that I'm a bit like don't give a shit what like randomers think of me yeah but even i was like absolutely cringing and um it is like airing your dirty laundry almost and, a horror. Yeah. Um, and then it was like obviously i was like making myself late too so i had mm. to just like 
get everything into a new bin bag. And how were the girls reacting as all this was going on? They were blissfully unaware, just just getting a bit of extra time with the telly. (laughs) Um, But but I just had to get all the stuff into a bin bag as well as I could. Mm. And then the porch was left, like, my entire house is carpeted, isn't it, pretty much? So it's Mm. like it was on rotten carpet as well and like I had to just leave it there while I did the school run and then come back to start my like working from home day by doing that you know what I mean I was just yeah that was a low what a nightmare yeah in our house like I don't do the bins to be honest because it's too heavy for me yeah um with me fibro (laughs) but um we always overfill it and it thought you would yeah, it always ends up. He has to like tip the bin bag that's in into another bin bag to get oh, it out yeah, the bin. Yeah, you know? yeah, I knew that one. <laughs> um, so yeah, bit of a low for the whole household this week. Okay. Um, the whole ND household with mixed communications. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So my son's been going to an after-school club. For the past year, on a Monday, he does art. So he finishes at school an hour late. Mm -hmm. And although, like, we live two minutes from school and he normally walks home, he's he's reached the age where he can walk home with his friends from school, like, with his mobile on him and all that. Um, When it's the after-school club, he's not allowed to walk home on his own because the school won't allow it. So um, I was out doing a little shop before I went home and I'd phoned my partner and said oh I'll probably be like home a few minutes a few minutes a few ADHD minutes i.e. about <laughs> 20 minutes late yeah. for the school coming in so you'll be there for him won't you yeah so I got home and um, he's normally home within 10 minutes at the most if he dawdles and hangs around with his mates. It was like nearly being half an hour from <gasps> school finish when I got home and he wasn't there. You're like literally like four streets away, aren't you? Yeah. And um, he'd said, I forgot to mention because this is important to the story, but I'm telling it in around the house as ADHD. Yeah, that's how I like it. Last week, he'd said, I don't want to go to art club anymore because I'm going to too many after school clubs and I just want to have like one day where I just come home straight from school and hang out with you. How lovely. Hmm. So we moved all his schedule around a bit because he had things like tennis, ninjutsu and all that. Mm-hmm. And so as far as I knew, that was it. He wasn't going to art club anymore. So he didn't go last week. And then this week I went, I went home and he wasn't there. And I was like ringing him. Where is he about to go mm-hmm. out looking the streets for him? And then I remembered, oh, it's a Monday. He hasn't bloody stayed at that art club, has he? Oh, and in the meantime as well my partner hadn't noticed that the time had passed and he hadn't been home <laughs> either way when I come in I'm like where's my son he's like what do you mean <laughs> um, well it's in these respects that you're still a single mum even if you've got a partner isn't yeah, it yeah and, and you your, know your child and he's he ADHD and... too and he's got like yeah. much worse time blindness than me so in the end I phoned the school and she was like, well, there's no teachers left here now and all that, like, dead unhelpful. And I was like, yeah, but is he at the after-school club? What class is he in? I said, it doesn't matter what class he's in, is he at the after-school club? So she's like, I'll find out. To be honest, I did phone, like, two minutes to four and I think they clock off at four o'clock, so she was probably like, just, I don't want to speak to this mum. Anyway, it turns out she's in the art club. Oh, my word. So, that was a fail all round for us. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, that Glad was Glad he was life. safe. Yeah. Um, so, what about our highs? Mine is an absolute top of a mountain high this week. Oh, my God. It's, um, it, I don't even know how to how to launch into this one. I had a night away with my mm. boyfriend in a spa hotel. You were. <laughs> so we spent the kids' night away in a spa hotel oh, in Cheshire. And um, it just felt like a month away compared yeah. to my normal like single mum lifestyle. Yeah. 
and compared to how I spend my day yeah and my nights you just don't relax do you no it was just unbelievable it was gorgeous we used like you know the spa facilities we didn't do the full spa like you know massages and stuff but just the thing of like steam room sauna jacuzzi pool um and they had like a japanese zen garden and like what's that thing where you like jap like japanese stuff and like japan my boyfriend's always talking about it it's like a little it's like you're a you're a japan nerd Oh, I, I can't know. remember what it is. I'll have to find it out and tell you because you yeah, and your son, son are, aren't you? My son's saving up to go to Japan. Yeah. What a cutie he And is. he's inspiring me. Yeah. Um, but basically, we're both Japan nerds. Mm. And um, so we were absolutely in our element. And it was, like, Aww. sunny. And it was it was really, 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 like, good and authentic, this massive Zen garden with all, like, Aww. mini mini fountains and waterfalls and like a sort of zen pagoda and like all lovely lounges and stuff oh and i it think you're someone gorgeous. who needs to be away from the home to relax aren't you yeah true i can't really switch off at home you always got some project or tidying on the go if you're at home even yeah. when it's your day off aren't you yeah. oh god yeah um oh god i've got to tell you something to make you laugh though we mm. went we went into the room and we were doing you always do your hotel room tours for me yeah. don't you so i like as we were like unlocking the door i was like i'll do a room tour for claire so i started filming and like did it all and i was like going oh we've got you, you probably remember i was going oh you've got we've got a little garden outside these doors well we've got our own private garden <laughs> well, our little patio doors lead onto this oh lovely little private garden like walled in by like fir trees and a little hill and all this yeah. and um it was gorgeous and there was a little like table and chair Aww. on the inside of the patio doors and that but turns out it was not perfect <laughs> it was shared by about five rooms Aww. on the ground floor but it was the dog area so it was just absolutely like dotted with dog shit oh that's disgusting <laughs> i don't think clean up after themselves well they see it as a luxury part of the hotel don't they oh and the hotel clean the well, doggies maybe past that many dirty dogs soiling all day but anyway let's not remember yeah, the dog that, shit that, let's remember the no i'm the so tri- pleased oh, my for God. you because you just Claire. don't you don't allow yourself that kind of thing very often no, do you no and it wasn't like it wasn't dead cheap it was like i mean he got quite a good deal he booked it because he's like into like booking.com or whatever and he's a tells me oh, i'm a silver booker now or whatever it is he loves that the points added up and stuff. Oh, I'm the same. Really? I, 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 I'm a big booking.com and I'm always oh. getting little, oh, you are this level member. I can't even remember Yeah, that's the yeah. thing. Um, but, yeah, and the breakfast buffet. Mm. Oh, that too. Because I don't really eat in the morning, but it's not like I don't like food or I'm not hungry in the mornings. I'm just, I wake up stressed yeah. and overwhelmed yeah. and, you know, just do what I'm doing and the kids have a sort of running buffet of breakfast in front of the telly and just like I'm back and forth and like trying to sort everything out I don't religiously like get things ready for the morning the next morning the yeah. night before so just the difference of like waking up leisurely yeah. having a coffee in bed going to that breakfast buffet Claire it was ridiculous Aww. so yeah I'm so pleased for you that's so gorgeous because you know, I just, I'm thrilled that someone's looking after you for once. Yes. You know, you're always the caregiver, aren't you? I am. Yeah, it was heaven. What about you? Oh, mine is so mundane in comparison. <laughs> <laughs> it really is, but it was a win for me. Um, my son would have, my son has pack lunch every day just like the hot dinners and for many years the only sandwich he'll have in his back lunch is a hummus wrap Mm. so i used to buy two big tubs of hummus two packets of wraps make about 10 to 12 wraps and put them in the freezer and that was like his back lunch done and it just take one out every night in cling film yeah that is great. It was a good, like, I'd take out and I'd put it in the lunchbox <gasps> with all the other stuff. That's and, brilliant. Oh, well, it was a, it was a hack for me. Yeah, you know, well, absolutely. I find, I find mornings extremely stressful 
I'm very tired in the mornings because of my like chronic fatigue condition. Yeah. On top of like you can be very tired in the mornings with if you have certain types of ADHD and my son can be quite anxious in the morning because he doesn't like yeah. school. Yeah. So it's not a good any any hack I can find for the school morning, I do. But then one day we was out of the uh, run out of the wraps, didn't have anything in, and the only thing I could make for his butty was um, peanut butter and jam that he liked. Yeah. So I made that, and that's it. Then he just only wants PB and J every single day, and that's been for about five months. And but I've had in my head you can't freeze peanut butter. Don't know why. No, you can't. I kept meaning to Google it. You can. I know you can freeze all kinds of yeah. bizarre it's, things. It's fat, isn't it? You can freeze fat easy. I just didn't know. So um, I've just been ma- having to make them every day, which just like spoiled me half. And then I finally thought, you know what? I'm going to take those 30 seconds to Google this. Mm. <laughs> and I did. And I made like a whole loaf full of PB and J. Where are allowed peanut butter in our school? I don't think there is anyone with an allergy. They just do it in case, and I'm gutted because that's some protein she would eat. Oh, right. I've never even considered that, but they're yeah. not allowed to. Maybe our school does have an allergy then. And... Well, he's been having it for months, and no yeah. one said anything or had any allergic reactions. <laughs> so hopefully it's all right. Maybe I'll have to look into that. Oh, no. Well, anyway, my hires, I've got I've got a big drawer full of PB and J now, so like that'll probably be doing till the end of this school That's term. Amazing. Well done. The highs and lows. Right, in this episode we're gonna talk about ADHD and mums. I'm forty five and I was diagnosed with ADHD just this year. I was led to diagnosis partly by researching some of my son's behaviours. Yeah, I'm just into the 40s club. Um, I'm 40 and I got my diagnosis at 31. I'd always like thought I had ADHD, but it was just quite a flippant sort of acknowledgement. And then as I got older, it started to really be a problem. And I've had my kids since then. And it's become more of a problem, to be honest. So as we've said, we're not experts, but we went looking for some statistics and information around ADHD and mums. You more gallantly than me. You think you felt like you were going to find stuff. We had it in our notes, didn't we? Like statistics about ADHD and mums. And I was like, where do you think we're going to find that? And you were like, I'll have a look. And I was like, yeah, you look. I couldn't believe that there, like, wouldn't be that information readily available with, like, a you know, a Google search, to be honest. But I did find it very difficult to find statistics around ADHD in general, and even more so regarding the prevalence in mums. But, I mean, that's partly why we wanted to make this podcast, isn't it? Because, yeah, because when we've whenever, been Googling it. Whenever we'd look up ADHD mums, we'd be led to stuff about being a parent of a child with ADHD. Which a lot of mums with ADHD will be as we know as same way you found your roots diagnosis exactly and that that leads me straight on to between a quarter and a half of children with ADHD will have a parent with ADHD yeah and that's only based on diagnosed adults and most adults with ADHD remain undiagnosed yeah of course so I've stuck to UK data and I've worked from information gathered by NICE. We've took them as quite a trusted source. Kind of nice source. information yes, gathered lo- by NICE. it's lovely, nice information. And the estimate is that 5% of children have ADHD and 3 to 4% of adults do. That's based on studies that they carried out using the DSM criteria. I hate to think about what the gap is. Where's the 1% gone? Well, they suggest that some children grow out of it, don't they? Oh, yeah. And or I guess just more more children are diagnosed than adults. That's how it would equate for me. Yeah, I mean, it could be that. It could Lack be. of late diagnosis. So th- there are there are two ways of looking at it, isn't it? There's that they've grown out of it, which is kind of what's accepted at the moment because there seems to be a struggle in the medical and scientific communities with it, with admitting that there's so many undiagnosed. Yeah adults so four percent of the population like how many people is that you know was this part of the stats 
So, yeah, well, it equates to 1.9 million adults in the UK. Mm. Um, And it's hard to find the exact information about how many of those 1.9 million adults are diagnosed. But um, the information I did find from 2022 is that 170,000 people are prescribed a stimulant medication for ADHD. That's 170,000 adults, sorry, not people. And with that being the first line treatment for ADHD, that would suggest the figure's not going to be that far from that. And it's a huge gap, isn't it? Wow, yeah. So males are four times more likely to be diagnosed with ADHD. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. So far, for now. So statistically, that is presented as that the rate of ADHD is that there's four males to every one female have ADHD. But we'd question, wouldn't we, whether it's just, is the rate of ADHD higher in males or are you more likely to be diagnosed if you're a male? So some people suggest, and I think, you know, we're inclined to agree with this, is that females are sort of taught from an early age just because of gender expectations to fit into society more and to mask the ADHD Mm behaviour especially because ADHD behaviour is behaviour that's more encouraged in males. Yeah, definitely, like, being boisterous and sort of, like... Yeah, where women, well, girl children are more encouraged to sort of sit quietly and and play in a less boisterous manner. And also often there's classes like daydreamers and stuff like that because of the way it presents in, in girl children. Yeah. So I got some information from the National Health Statistics, and that is roughly 50% of women of childbearing age have biological children. So, you know, about half of women of childbearing age have a child. And that's biological children. We've got to also take into account non-biological children. So we've got adoption, surrogacy, stepchildren... All that kind of thing. If I've missed anyone out, don't take any offence. Just let me know and I'll say it next time. Because I'm not out to cause any offence. We never are, are we? But sometimes we don't know what we're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) And then roughly half the population are women. So the way I've looked at this is half of a half is a quarter. Yeah. So that means that a quarter of... Women, women with have ADHD. ADHD have children. Oh, I get you because you're cutting the ADHD population into the same equation. Cause, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now that makes sense to me. Now that could be. Well, I mean, it's very unscientific, and I'm not the best That's at maths. Sure. So correct me if I'm wrong. I, I want to be correct because I want this information. No one can correct you because we don't have the stats. But well, we're maybe someone's now, got them somewhere. Nice guidelines study. We're now making our own. <laughs> we're not making our own stats up, but we are asking. Like, if someone's got that information, let us know because I really want to know, do you? They don't, but I am passionate about us getting it. I think yeah. we need to start our own survey of women with ADHD who are mums. Yeah, let's get them voices heard and those people registered. Yeah. Yeah. So a little, another little study that I saw about mums with ADHD. With ADHD, there's a predisposition to risky sexual behaviour, as they call it. So you're likely to have sex earlier and you're less likely to use a condom or other contraceptive method. And so early pregnancy, as in before the age of 19, 32% of those early pregnancies will have ADHD. Wow. Who was publishing that info? I got that from, um, it was in a webinar by Dr. Russell Barkley. Ooh. Is one of my current like interests at the moment, so I'll probably mention it more than one in this episode. He is a preeminent knowledge on ADHD. He's been yeah. studying it for many, many years before it was the in thing, as the newspapers like to say. Yeah, um, and he's done a lot of work about adult ADHD, and until a recent point, it wasn't even really recognised adult ADHD. I was doing a little bit of research to try and find any studies whatsoever on ADHD in mums in particular. Um, I couldn't find any. So I found this one that's about parents. So it includes the dads as well, but, you know, they're not all bad, are they? No. <laughs> 
and <laughs> um, and it because as I say, most studies are in relation to children with ADHD. This is a study that's being done on parents with ADHD of children with ADHD. I think that's how they get the funding is by having it about children. I guess that's why. I don't know. It's just not a very studied area yet. No. But we hope for change, don't we? Yeah. Uh, it was an American study and I will put the details in the show notes. It was based on 500 parents of children with ADHD who also had ADHD. Mm-hmm. And it was a self-reported study. So it's like what the people with the ADHD have said themselves or their problems or things that are happening to them in their life. Right. To be honest, it's mostly negative. Okay. <laughs> but we know that it can be a negative and challenging experience yeah like I mean I think I'm much more negative about it than you by nature at this moment in time at this age of my kids maybe at this level of lack of support yeah I mean I don't know you get you really work hard babe and you get on with it and I I think you do great you stay as positive as possible um I'm actually finding the stage of life that my son's at now the most difficult to be honest Mm, so um he's 11 by the way it's my most difficult so far but that you know we're all different aren't we things that we do find difficult as parents as reported in this study is that the households are chaotic yeah and that's due to not keeping household routines now i wonder about the gender bias in this study because it was very much focused on the mothers not keeping the household routines right now i would suggest that it's the mothers who are expected to keep the household routines well, yeah. while who knows what the fathers are doing. Yeah. I, I don't think that the fathers are keeping better household routines, do you? Oh, uh, right. You know, I like, see uh, what you mean, right? Yeah. It was stated like that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, my God. Yeah. So it didn't even like... So the men weren't part of that question then? It didn't seem like, like it. Wow. Yeah. That is toned up. The next problem that they highlighted was inconsistency with discipline such as enforcing limitations on children and they're suggesting that the reason that people with ADHD struggle with enforcing limitations on their children is because of the demands of monitoring and the attention that it takes I'm definitely like that do you think yeah definitely more like I'm thinking like structure and like routine within discipline in terms of like framework of what's expected yeah yeah I'll set something in motion I'll come up with a good like new idea of how to like guard against over the top level of screen time with my eldest who's like on the ASD pathway and I'll be really pleased with myself and it'll work and she'll seem to really appreciate it and everything you know like that boundary and then I'll just forget to do it one day and then forget again the next day and then I've stopped doing that thing that was working really well yeah so that that would be an example of that wouldn't it yeah Yeah. inconsistency with it when my my son was younger I tried a lot of the systems of discipline I just found that they didn't really work (laughs) with him right you know I probably I probably was inconsistent with it it's hard for me to remember those things now. I would say now, in terms of discipline and inconsistency, like sometimes I feel like I just feel very empathetic towards him. Yeah, yeah, that and, makes a lot of sense. And like, as a person who was an undiagnosed neurodivergent child, who was put, had a lot of demands put on me that I couldn't meet. So now Jen's neighbours are banging uh, like a hammer or something. Mm. So baby, stop crying. So let's get the hammer out. <laughs> <laughs> the, drill, the drill's away. The baby's asleep. It's hammer time. <laughs> you know that makes me want to sing. Yeah, a song. Sing, it back. Come on, sing it. Sing it. I actually can't remember it now. Is it doo, 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 doo. No, that's can't. The ghost bu- Ghostbusters tune keeps coming into my head for some Hammer time. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's more like whoa, the dance, isn't it? Whoa, whoa. <laughs> she's doing the dance. I am in my seat, don't she's worry. She's doing the dance, she's wearing the pants. Yeah. I was saying uh, as People who were neurodivergent children had demands put upon us that we couldn't meet. I often feel like I just want to lower the demands for him. Yeah. Um, And I think he'll benefit from that. Yeah. Hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So there are also, and this 
interestingly, was more present in the dads. Emotional dysregulation in daddies means that they are maybe too harsh. Um, And this can be linked to an inability to inhibit their negative responses. So it's examples like um, the child is having, is upset. Yeah. Um, the dad, instead of like responding to the child being upset, is more like annoyed by them being upset, and then is is like because they can't regulate their emotions and to be able to manage it. I think it's present in both genders. I was going to say yeah. I struggle with that to be honest. Like I mm. I adore them and I never want to be harsh, mm. but it's more like I can be instant with my like can't tolerate like mm. any more of something if they really push me yeah I will then be like at best I'll just go up the stairs and I'll tell them I am going for a poo which is what I say when I want a minute because I know they won't follow me don't you have to, wasn't that a uh, thing of yours I'll uh, just go I'm just going for a poo my because I know they won't want to Oh well, it's not that they wouldn't, but if they're busy doing things downstairs, my son never they're probably left me not going to follow me alone. When I went to the toilet oh, for no. one second, he still doesn't. What? I still struggle to like get a moment's peace in the toilet. I mean, unless Whoa. he's playing like Zelda or something, but yeah. like not, not that's not an advert for Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> But it is about seventy hours long or something, so it does just provide a lot of entertainment. How the hell do you encapsulate who we are in the context of ADHD ones? It's you've a challenge. Pro- you've probably heard it all before now and me. Well tell her tell our listeners then at least. All right, yeah. I can remember from a really early age feeling yeah. like I was very different to people around me mm-hmm. in terms of my brain and the way it worked. I knew I was clever because everyone kept telling me, so, but they also kept telling me I was lazy and I didn't try yeah. hard enough. So I felt like, yeah, maybe I am, maybe I don't. But at the same time, when they'd say, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? I'd be like, it's hard, I can't. And they'd be like, oh, we don't believe you that it's hard for you because you're so clever it should be easy is this teachers we're talking well teachers and then parents because and also not just in school at home where it'd be like you know we've told you a million times not to do that thing or whatever and i'd be like i forgot i forgot what kind of things swinging on your seat or something okay on your seat because you're gonna fall over and then you'd fall over and then you'd be like we told you a million times or telling me to do things a million times like tidying my room putting things away and i'd be like oh i forgot i forgot or like i was but tidying my room i did start it but didn't finish it or it sounds like they were really involved they were strict in a way they didn't understand at all i think everyone just thought i was naughty willfully not doing things whereas you realize later when you know you've got adhd it's not willfully not doing things you really actually want to do things but you can't do the things because your brain doesn't let you do the things yeah and it's what so it sounds interesting like it sounds like you had a concept of it being your brain at the time more like my character than my brain i think yeah exactly because i was gonna say for me it was definitely more like an internalized view of who i am i didn't think about it in the sense of this is my brain at that time Mm. i I thought maybe you did no i only related to my brain because i felt like i was different to other people is what i'm saying but yeah i probably did just think it's my personality it's my character i'm just naughty i'm just yeah disobedient willfully doing all these things to get myself into trouble and I suppose as I grew older and you do sort of become more of a person in your own way I did think oh yeah I'm just a little rebel and the reason I'm a little rebel is because like all, all these authority figures and growing up so that they're just stupid and they don't know anything anyway yeah so I was gonna say like it, it sort of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy doesn't it with yeah. the kind of treatment of you're a naughty kid yeah and the more you get in trouble for doing things that you genuinely weren't intending anything by mm-hmm. like talking to your friend like I used to have such a sense of furious injustice 
every yeah. time I got in trouble for like, interacting with my friend in class quietly I'd just be like fuck you yeah. what, what? I, ca- I can't say where should we go for lunch I just used to be so angry and it would make me act out and act up and sort of yeah fight back to the teachers realise that that's just a sensitivity don't you yeah exactly my just a sensitivity was there from an early age as well it's things like just deciding when I was like six I'm going to be a vegetarian because I don't think it's right to eat animals in Mm-hmm. working class family in the 80s well <laughs> it reminded me a bit of you know you'd see in the royal family yeah you know when he brings his girlfriend home and she's a vegetarian and they're like well she can eat wafer thin ham though can't she yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was my experience of being like a vegetarian in the eighties. Yeah. Oh, oh, your girlfriend's vegetarian. Well, I've done her a tuna butty. Yeah, yeah. I had like these really strong senses of justice and my own morals that I felt were different to society's morals. Okay. At yeah. my core, so that's when I thought it became a personality thing. What about you when you was at school? It's weird because I was popular. I was very funny, so I'm told. Um, had that knocked out of me by the following few decades. <laughs> no, I was, I was like funny and so I was popular. But the mean girl types definitely spotted me straight away, you know, and the bully boys, the cock of the schools. I stood out to them a bit, but like sort of, yeah, I had loads of friends, but I was never quite part of a group. I couldn't settle. I was like floating around between friend groups. Just will people who don't live in the north of England know what the cock of the school is? Jen, would you like to explain the that? Popu- the, popular, <laughs> the, the popular boys and girls. Oh, the cock of the school. Yeah. Where it, my my school was the one who was the best at fighting. The hard. Like, yeah, the hardest. Yeah, true. I'm forgetting my own cultural history. <laughs> <laughs> but I just didn't like it. I really didn't like going. I had at least one day a week off for most of my school life, you know. And I worked out, when I, I reckon when I was about nine, I worked out that if I had Wednesdays off, like Monday was the hardest day to go in because you just had the weekend. And my family would start saying on the Sunday night, well school tomorrow and I literally felt like punching everyone in the face because they didn't understand how heartbreaking that concept was to me yeah but I soon found out Monday still left four days back to back of school whereas if I took Wednesday off right I was off Saturday Sunday in Monday Tuesday off Wednesday in Mm. Thursday Friday I was basically only ever in for two days and then I had a break in between my poor mum who now self-identifies with ADHD amongst other things yeah was a single mom working full-time very high stress job in the nhs and i just knew that she couldn't cope and so i've got this memory of knowing if i do something to divert our morning she'll just take me into work she won't sort of push it like am i really ill or something Mm. so sometimes i'd wet the bed on purpose in the morning and i'd know that she wouldn't be able to process an extra unexpected job to do (laughs) like (laughs) The guilty, the guilty confession now, because, you know, let's just hope my karma is not my kids getting onto this. But like, or or I'd mix up a batch of like fake vomit and throw it on the bathroom floor, splat it on the floor and say, you know, like Weetabix with something else in and mix it all around with a bit of water and lemon juice to make it stink or I don't know. I used to manage to get off. from my own child. I was just thinking as I was saying that, I thought you were raising your eyebrows. I was like, didn't, didn't he do this? Yeah, he did that recently. I made the mistake of showing him Ferris Bueller's Day Off, who I think has become a hero <laughs> for him. And yeah, when I was younger at school, I loved to day off sick. And with Milhiff for all, you could get what's better than lying in bed at home and get sheets brought to you in bed. And we used to, they used to bring the telly into the bedroom. This was like <gasps> in the old days and stuff like that. Oh, you made can we go all little match girl I never had a day off sick at home I had my own version but it was not like that I used to go into mum worked in and ran a sexual health clinic for teenagers I used to go into one of the treatment rooms that wasn't in use mm. and lie on the consultation couch yeah with a sleeping bag 
<laughs> and then they did used to wheel in their telly and I was allowed to go she must have known how much I wasn't ill I was allowed to go down to the video shop first and rent a VHS <laughs> and then I was allowed to watch that and I'd probably watch it about three times over and over through the day I'd have some sort of like snacks I'd I'd rob a bit of money out their bag <laughs> well mine was spent at home alone a lot of the time as well before you get two little match girls it was the eighth heaven well that's once I was a teenager and that was like even more regularly because I wouldn't even pretend to be sick I'd just go home after my mum had gone to work well yeah as I got a bit older I just got into the phase of sagging off as we call it in Liverpool I know there's different words but everywhere which got worse and worse really the older I got I did stay on for sixth form the final year my attendance was less than 50% in the year because very similar I'd always be running late yeah I had to get the bus and I'd have missed the bus and there'd be another mm-hmm. bus not for half an hour or whatever. So I'd know I'd be going into school late and I'd probably get told off for being late and I'd be like, oh, I may as well go home. <laughs> my mum and dad would have gone to work by now. So, or like, if I thought my mum and dad were going to be in the house for some reason or other, I used to go and hang out in the library. Oh, yeah, I think I did that once or twice. Or I got the bus just into town and back and town and back and town and back one day somewhere you could with a bus sit, pass sit off for free and read books that you wanted to instead of them. yeah that's One, lovely yeah so i had loads of discipline problems at school but never any academic problems yeah same i was in like the the, the top sets or whatever they you know mm. they tear you don't they of, of like your capability level or whatever your attainment level yeah i was always in the top sets but it's proper absurd that was in the top set for math. You know, a lot of the time when I look back on secondary school and because I've got real issues with my short-term memory, I really genuinely can't contemplate how I got away with that. It's yeah. truly like an unexplained mystery of the world to me. It's like, <laughs> how? But I didn't understand maths at all and I wasn't doing the work, so what went on? I don't know. Maybe you were copying off someone. Yeah, it's maybe. Quite, uh, yeah, maybe that's a point. To your maths homework. Understanding maths. Yeah, true, yeah. true. No, I never did homework in any subject. All you've got to do is write the right numbers in, isn't it? It's not like true. other subjects where you've got to write an essay or anything. Not condoning tell you what, that. Like, not saying anyone should do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just thinking the person that I sat next to in maths, she, you know, wanted to give you stuff. She would just randomly suddenly be like, I brought you this and like give you a fiver and you'd be like what because that was like big money and you'd be like what do you mean and she'd be like i just wanted to give you this today or she'd she always bought cds and then she'd instantly tape them for you so you had the new album of whoever she was very like giving and i think she probably was always you've made me think she was probably always just like just copy my my answers yeah well i think like as someone with adhd you develop a lot of workarounds in how to get your work done or whatever don't you which extends into later life I think so many coping strategies and ways of masking your struggles and stuff like that I know for me at school if there would have been some way of like cheating getting me homework right I'm gonna have done that yeah and to be honest there was actually a sense of pride in that it was a little dopamine hit wasn't it and you'd think ha yeah yeah fuck you system but to be fair if I was interested in a subject I was all on it because me what, too, what, but what I now know to be hyper focused. Yeah, me too, but not with homework. I just couldn't do it. I just could not do it. Well, I could do it at the last minute or with an extension to the deadline. For instance, when we would assume the English GCSE, it was coursework, which for me was the yeah. nightmare because I do like an exam. I like cramming the night before, going in for an hour and it's over and it's like high pressure and it's dead quiet so you can focus super well. For me, exams are the ideal, but then when I was doing my GCSEs, they started bringing in coursework, which they hadn't had before. And in doing English essays, I would always be like, oh, miss, I haven't got it. She gave me a deadline, an extension to the deadline. And then I'd be like, forget about that all over the weekend. And then on Sunday night, I would be yeah. like nine o'clock when I was meant to go into bed or whatever. Oh, I'm just going to write this essay. And I'd just sit and I'd like sit there like writing, writing, writing for hours without sleep or whatever. Those cups of coffee and I'd 
Okay. Yeah, I remember that, that with coursework, actually. I remember doing things on the bus, too. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Or, yeah. like, when you get into school and there's that bit before the lessons start. Yeah, that was ideal. Yeah. <laughs> so got through school in that sense, made it through. Straight through because I got B's and stuff, and I should have got better because capability intellectually is there, but I'm not good at studying or going to school, basically. Mm-hmm. Moved on to university, dropped out. Was that, just, was that just a given? Did you even consider not going to uni and just getting no. a job? or No. Not for one minute because I come from a working class background. My mum and dad, when I was little, didn't have a university education. They went, they was a barmaid and worked in a factory, respectively. But then in the middle of the 80s or whatever, they went to university when you could go for free. And they came out of it straight into jobs that were like... Careers. Good jobs, like better paid and all that whole lifestyle changed and all that. So they totally were like the importance of education. My brother went to university and when it, I didn't even consider, to be honest, didn't have a, cl- th- a clue about what I wanted to do with my life. But certainly mm-hmm. didn't want to be getting a job because yeah. I felt like yeah. it, I, I felt like a little kid. I would be scared to go in and like go into an office with grown ups and have to work there or something. <laughs> yeah. Plus, uni was like <laughs> certainly when I when I w- was like looking at it, uni was like seen <laughs> as like just one long party as well, wasn't it? Away yeah. from your parents, so it was like yeah. of course. Like you'll go. My best friend was going to uni, and the thing was that when I'd applied to unis, because you have to have like your teachers on the UCAS form say like how they think you're gonna do and stuff like this, and do like a reference for yeah, they put that I was gonna fail everything and that I was gonna do really badly because at this because at this point I wasn't going into school, so. I'd already been rejected from all the universities that I had applied for. But then when my results came in, I'd actually done fine and better than most of the people in my school. So I could just phone up clear and then go to where I wanted. But I hadn't really thought about it. So I was like, oh, where are you going to be best mate? She's like, I'm going to such and such a place and I'm going to do cultural studies. And I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. I'll go there with you. <laughs> so phone and them do up. that. As I phoned them, yeah, I them up and I went, so can I come and do cultural studies? So I went, yeah, come on then. So I went and did that. <laughs> when I got there, it was dead boring. It was dead stressful. I couldn't cope with being in charge of my own life. I was really immature emotionally, I realise now, but didn't at the time because I thought I was a big grown-up and I knew everything and I wanted the independence of being a grown-up. But I didn't even know how to wash the dishes or make my bed or yes, look yeah. after myself in any way shape or form so I like was suddenly there in this what felt like a world of grown-ups and I was just like oh okay I'm allowed to go out drinking as much as I like now and I've been given this student loan and this student grant I'm gonna go and spend it on alcohol every night and day and just party so I did I made myself ill and by the Christmas like you start in September by the Christmas I'd I dropped out. No, I didn't know. Same. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It was uh, one term, one term. Also, I'd I'd met this lad and I thought, and like, I quite liked him. And I was staying at his house, his flat, he had his own flat. And I was like, why don't I just stay here instead of going back to university like one weekend? And I didn't go back. And then my friend who I had gone to university was... How long did you stay? Not long, like a week or so. But like, and obviously that went nowhere. Like that wasn't really... It fizzled. It fizzled, of course it did. My friend who did go to university, my Bessie, she was like, you know, the lecturers keep coming up and ask them where you are. They're about to put like a missing persons thing out. (laughs) But but as I I am, and I even told my mum and dad I dropped out, of course. The classic... Yeah, so I eventually told them I went home and they were very disappointed. Yeah. How about you at this stage of life when school came to an end? Yeah, I went to, I did sixth form, same. I first went to college because I was like, I'm out of here after my GCSEs. <laughs> like, fuck you, this school, I'm never coming back. <laughs> ha! Like all giving the teachers the birdie and everything on the last day, walking out the school, like all guns blazing. And then 
went to college to study art because it was like an A-level equivalent course. It wasn't further education yet. For some reason, don't know if this is a thing, but that class anyway, it was all like people who were just like, oh, we're only doing this for a blag. Not even bothered about art, but it's just a coast. Yeah. And it was just, I did not find my people. And like, I was like, oh no. And then I thought like, oh, I could, I could be doing like art and drama and German back at the school with the A-levels. And I was hating oh. college. Yeah. So after my first week at college, I went back to school to sixth form with my tail between my legs and was like, can I come and do sixth form, do my A-levels? So anyway, did that. Then yeah, went to uni, same as you, quit within the first few months. Just couldn't keep up with the work, even though it was a really slow pace. It was just suddenly going into like self-led learning or whatever it's called. Just was like, what are you messing? I just won't do anything, even though it was a subject I loved. And also, I was just horrified at how slow the course was. It was like they were making us do really mundane drawing tasks which I just found so crushingly boring. Yeah. And also I was doing drama, which I just realised I was an absolute wallflower amongst all the big fish <laughs> of like the, the, the soon-to-be Broadway lovies. I was just like silent gen. So yeah, quit. I think I was signing on, working on my band a lot. Mm-hmm. I started my band in high school, didn't I? And that's that sustained all the years. Yeah. That was my focus then, really. But then I did, like, um, did my art foundation course the year after, started the HNC the year after that, dropped out. Then the year after that, got onto my master's, like, technically just over the, like, line of being able to class as a mature student. And the amazing tutor just took my portfolio, which was tons of work I'd done for the band, design work and videos and merch and stuff, gave me the chance. So... That was only one year course. I managed to do it. So that was breakneck, hectic, insane year of having to do work on the end of deadlines and stuff. When I dropped out of uni after my first one, I I went on to the Dole and I was working in nightclubs doing promotions and stuff like that. Got into DJing, got myself into an abusive relationship, developed a drink habit. Oh yes! Oh my god! And so I met you in that sort of oh, no, that this, sort of wild state. Yeah, no, no. This you met me after this. That was the early end. That. Yeah, no, I'd already started to have a drink problem when I was in the final years of school. To be honest, I did, <laughs> I did show up to school a few times drunk and stuff like wow. that. And um, I used to go out to like nightclub every Thursday night, so I was never went to school on a Friday. So I decided got this other mate now. I'm going to go to uni with her in London. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cute. I think I might do film studies this time, if that would go. So I went and did that in London for three years. But again, I failed the first year because I just wasn't really ready for it. And I moved into a house with these people that I just found out of a newspaper. And I was too messy for (laughs) Basically, so they got. Did me you evicted. get kicked out? They got they got me evicted. Yeah, the landlord had to come round. Like he was like this nice Greek old man, and have like a talk with me about. Oh no! Did you cry? <laughs> I was crying. And I was like, sweetheart, and he was like, please, Mister. He was like, I'm sorry, no, um, the other girls don't want you to live here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh my god so i had to like couch surf a little bit in london and then i was oh just failed my course that year so then i had to start the next year (laughs) so i'm like now i'm my third attempt at the first year of university (laughs) but by this time i'd started to sort of realize that if you want to learn stuff at university, you've actually got to do it for yourself. So I chose subjects that I was interested in so that I would be forced to do it. Still missed loads of deadlines. I still had so many dead relatives that I like, kept claiming on. What do you mean? Oh, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm sorry. I missed my deadline. Can I have an extension? My great-grandmother has died. <laughs> <laughs> I remember saying once, uh, my friend got ran over. That's why I haven't been able to hand me 
Um, <laughs> and, it, and the, the, the lecturer was like, oh, where was this? And I was like, oh, you know, it was in Blood Green or whatever. It's, I didn't see anything in the news. <laughs> oh, God, you've just made me think, like, you've just made me think, did I used to do that one? And then I thought, no, I feel so bad saying this. Yeah. But, you know, like, obviously, like I said, my mum ran that sexual health clinic. Yeah. Like, a lot of my days off school, I was putting putting the condoms into the paper bags, like 10 condoms and seal a bag with celery. Yeah. It was the era of flavoured condoms coming out, and I did taste every flavour of condom as an eight-year-old child. Very strange. Yummy. Beef and horseradish was one once. No. I'm not you joking. Can't put horseradish on your dick. We've grown up in the great British Isles, <laughs> and I'm telling you, in the no. 90s, there was roast beef and horseradish Johnny's going around Bootle. <laughs> You'd think it would burn, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But anyway, yes. my go-to after all those early influences, I think was implying to like embarrassed male tutors that I was having a pregnancy scare or something. Like oh I, I needed God. to go and like I needed to go and get a test for something. <laughs> You know, and sort of like, and they'd just blush and be like, oh, okay. I think I used to do that, like, quite a lot. And there was never the need for it to be different. Yeah. (laughs) Different relatives. It was just like, I had to go into town and get a test for women's stuff. (laughs) Well, yeah, my sixth form tutor, you know, like the home group one, she thought I had some terrible condition going on with my stomach. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Which she did like, now, the was, irony. I know, well, yeah, the irony. I must have karmaed that onto myself. Yeah. She was always like, well, you know, how are you if you had any tests done and all? <laughs> <laughs> One of my two. She used to kick off about me, <laughs> about me chewing my face, which I've just read is a stim. Never oh, thought yeah. of it as a stim before, but of course it is. I knew it was anxiety linked, mm. like pushing my, pushing my hands against my cheek and like biting the inside of my cheek yeah terrible like my childhood stim was pushing my nose up which is oh that like, used to give everyone a red line i've still got like a scar like a crease across my nose oh yeah and you know i've got them there off the ends of my nostrils oh and um i always liked sticking my nail in between the gap in my teeth until it caused me pain was one of my <gasps> and sucking my hair which they told me, like, don't suck your hair because this girl got a hair wrapped around her horse and she died. And oh, I was God. like, how does it get from your stomach to your heart? <laughs> you were like, explain. Explain. <laughs> Diagrams. And, and while you're there, tell me how you blow a bubble gum out to your bum when you saw a <laughs> chewing gum. <laughs> My um, eldest has started chewing her hair, hasn't she? Uh, well. Yeah, my son does too. It's really crispy. Yeah, but oh, is his still long? No, it's long no, again. No, no, it's uh, he stopped since he has his hair cut. To right. be fair, only because he can't reach it, and he's got other stims now instead. <laughs> <laughs> he does like beatbox and all that. I can't. Oh, do that's it. great. I love is that. It, is it though? When you hear it over and over, it gets a bit. No. Hit. You just have to get into rapping, like just give him, <laughs> put, put a context on it that's more fun. It's eight to months. You could listen to this. You could bypass the PDA of your son and your partner by when your son's beatboxing, do a rap about like the tasks you need them to get done. Just get like, <laughs> like sing tasks to them a lot. Yeah, exactly. That's one of my things, isn't it? That I just sing things all the time. Yeah, in like a very Julie Andrews vibe. Can you please take the rubbish out? (laughs) (laughs) That is so clear. Yeah. (laughs) Made it through uni, came out of uni. I was like, oh my God, what now? I forgot to mention during uni, I got so down, got diagnosed with depression and started antidepressants. I've been on them ever since because my self-esteem was at an all-time low. I was in this abusive relationship, but I was also just like, I just don't know how to do life. I don't know what's wrong with me, why I'm like this. Just mess everything up all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm rubbish. and Just like loads of negative feedback in my own head and loads externally. Yeah, and kind of being the dysfunctional one in your what you thought at the time yeah. was your normal neurotypical family. Ah, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> 
When we will be interviewing Claire, who is the Pessimistic Parents blog, and also you can see she has her own podcast, Mindbox Podcast. So she was a very professional guest, wasn't she? Yeah, she was. She was our first guest, wasn't she? And really, like, helped ease us into the process of the uh, Zoom interview. Yeah. She was absolutely lovely and she's got loads of really interesting stuff to say. So we can't wait to share that with you, can we? Nope. Um, Yeah, so until then, um, if you want to support us in putting this podcast out there, there are lots of overheads, unexpected (laughs) ones, aren't there? It was another part of us launching into this. Um, You can do that through Buy Us A Coffee, which we'll link in our show notes. Mm. Um, And... On top of that, we'll be working on... Yeah, we're working on a Patreon, aren't we? Which yes. is going to include a book club, a Discord, um, month, uh, weekly check-ins where we can all chat together. So that will be good once it's up and running, but as yes, it's not. <laughs> Keep your eyes peeled for that. That's, yeah, the, that's the next thing we're working on. Yes. So yeah, raise, raise a, a fist, fist and, and say it with us. us. Sisters, Sisters in chaos! chaos.